Hello and welcome to another edition of the Short Side Option Podcast. I'm Chris Sork alongside DLU as we continue our Big 12 preview with the Iowa State Cyclones and Matt Nelson of Wide Right Natty Light, uh, an SB Nation blog uh, that gets you uh, taken care of as far as all things Iowa State is concerned. Uh, Matt was gracious enough to spend some time with us uh, to get his thoughts on the Iowa State Cyclones and their upcoming season. Take a listen. All right, up next here on the Tour Day Big 12 here on the short side option as we uh, get ready for football season here just uh, a month away now. Um, we're, we're pleased to be joined by Matt Nelson. Uh, Matt Nelson, he, uh, he he's part of uh, the wide right Natty Light uh, Iowa State blog as part of SB Nation. And uh, Matt is, is is gracious enough to spend some time with us today. Matt, how's it going? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, absolutely, uh, Matt. As we uh, as we look here at this Iowa State team, eight wins last year, uh, a really a nice season. They've got a lot. Uh, they did lose a lot, of course, uh, with David Montgomery and um, the wide receiver Hakeem Butler uh, going on to the NFL. Uh, but this is a team that uh, the the media and the writers here in the Big 12 uh, that cover the Big 12 Conference select them third uh, behind Texas and Oklahoma uh, as uh, as kind of a a team that could really make some noise here in the Big 12. Uh, of course, uh, like as I mentioned, uh, of course Iowa State does lose uh, two very very good players on, on the offensive side of the football. Uh, curious to kind of get your thoughts on on how they're going to replace those two outstanding players, and and uh, maybe what some got or what some of the names are going to be that step up uh, for Iowa State uh, to to replace that production. Yeah, that's a, a great question, and it's uh, that's certainly going to be the the primary challenge. I, I think uh, they they have a lot of pieces returning pretty much everywhere on both sides of the football, but it's always difficult when you lose the two players that were really the focal point of your offense. And if, if you watched Iowa State last year, that was probably pretty easy to pick up, even if it was your first time watching the Cyclones. But on a deeper level, um, you know, in terms of replacing that production, I guess the first part of it is there's probably no two players they can plug in to directly replace that. Um, the offense last year was essentially – hand the ball to David and uh, let Montgomery uh, make something of nothing most times because our offensive line was, was certainly suspect through different parts of the season. And then when it came to, you know, needing a play or even just getting a first down, the, the protocol was pretty much just to throw it to Hakeem Butler. And uh, he made a lot of spectacular catches, made a lot of, you know, big plays for touchdowns. And you just don't replace that when he walks out the door. Uh, that being said, uh, running back will be some some faces that should be pretty familiar to to, to Kansas State fans and, and much of the Big 12. Um, so the guy the guy that's likely to get the lion's share would be uh, at this point either Sheldon Crony or Johnny Lang. So they're both veteran players. Uh, Johnny Lang this would have been his second year uh, last year in the program, and Sheldon Crony will actually be a senior and. Well, at least I believe I've got that right. He's either a junior or senior, but uh, I digress. Uh, they're, they're both very different in running styles. Sheldon is a bit more between the tackles, uh, and, and he's been that way his whole career. Uh, not going to have the, the same ability to be shifty and bounce runs outside like we saw with Montgomery. And then Johnny Lang gives them some change-ups. So he's 
uh, actually not very good between the tackles. Uh, he excels uh, on the edges going off tackle uh, and then also being able to bounce one on the way outside on an option or a sweep type play. Um, a third name to know there would be Kane Nuwangu, and that's a name that um, people have maybe forgotten about by now. Kane was uh, very good as a freshman, uh, was a great kick returner for the Cyclones, and then um, actually tore his uh, Achilles and was out almost all of last year. So uh, did not did not really factor into any game, and they're certainly happy to have him back. My guess is he takes limited carries, and instead they they use him as a more versatile weapon sometimes lining up in the backfield before ending up in the slot, uh, things of that nature. Uh, there's also a couple of freshmen, um, both Brees Hall and Jirel Brock. Uh, those are probably both names to keep an eye on. Um, they've looked really good, and both probably have a chance to get some snaps as a true freshman. Uh, on the wide receiver side, um, Deshante Jones and Tariq Milton are the best two that return um, for the Cyclones. Deshante Jones played very well last year. He'll, he'll be a senior. Um, kind of an interesting case with him. Ha, burst onto the scene as a freshman, was very productive, uh, really disappeared in his, during his sophomore season, and then, and then had a very solid junior campaign. So they're expecting him to, to, to really produce. I think last year he had six touchdowns. Um, wasn't, was certainly the third or fourth option, but he'll probably be one of their primary receivers. And then uh, there was, the Cyclones picked up a grad transfer from Arkansas, a uh, guy by the name of LaMichael Petway. Uh, he checks in at about 6'3", 220 pounds. So he's a, a big receiver and is probably the closest thing that the Cyclones will have to replacing uh, just the size and the production of Hakeem Butler. Well, and replacing those guys is obviously going to go uh, a long way in terms of how Iowa State does this year, which kind of leads us into our next point. Um, you wrote an article earlier this week uh, titled Breaking. Cyclone fans happy with direction, <laughs> which I think yes. is a bit of an understatement uh, regarding the pulse of uh, Iowa State fans right now. And I'm uh, wondering if you can expand on that a little bit. And, uh, you know, this is kind of a uncharted territory for a lot of Iowa State fans where and, and the program itself, where there are preseason expectations and uh you know, high hopes for an Iowa right. State team for the first time in, that I can think of since at least, you know, the early 2000s. Uh, how do you think uh, this, how do you think Matt Campbell and the program respond uh, to a situation that uh, Iowa State fans haven't really been in and Iowa State's program hasn't really seen? Yeah, no, great question. I'm glad you saw that article. So that was uh, partially a jab at uh, Iowa's SB Nation blog. They uh, wrote a piece comparing Kirk Ferentz to Matt Campbell. And and of course, by the end of it, it was just um, bloviating about how great Kirk Ferentz is and how Matt Campbell <laughs> needs to do this for 10 years before they'll trust it. Just, you know, pretty typical rival stuff. So um, sure. part of that was in response to that. But there was a lot of a lot of seriousness in it, including uh, there's a, a spot towards the end where I actually do talk about uh, how this season has been for fans. And uh, you're absolutely right. So, you know, I'm, I'm 26 years old. There were a few seasons with Dan McCarney in the, in the um, you know, early mid 2000s where um, not so much preseason expectations, but we did have teams that won eight games and and came up with some big wins. And we had a Heisman candidate quarter, you know, a quarterback in Seneca Wallace. So. 
you know, there have been some good teams here in the last 20 years. Uh, not, not very many, but there have been a few. But this is absolutely the first time we've had those kind of expectations in, in probably two decades. And um, I'll be the first to admit it's been an adjustment for a lot of Cyclone fans. Not so much for me, I guess. Um, I try to, you know, be a, a big fan, but also to, to look at things um, from a bit more of a, of a removed uh, uh, place when, I, when it comes to writing. So I, I've kind of had to consider this fact, you know, since Matt Campbell got here really after his first year that, you know, hey, the, the average recruiting rating is going up. The roster should be getting better. They should be more competitive. So um, it's been tough be- in terms of we like to say uh, it seems that we're not meant to ni- have nice things is a, is a great way to put it. Or uh, the proverbial cyclone nut kick is what we call it or, or have in the past. The uh, finding a way to uh, to blow a game that you have in hand, which unfortunately we've done in Manhattan several times in the last six or seven years, uh, including the game in Manhattan two years ago, which I was at, unfortunately, uh, had a great time in uh, Kansas, except for uh, the actual outcome of that game. But um, it will be a, a big adjustment. And there's always that fear, you know, if Iowa State drops a couple in the middle of the season that, uh, you know, maybe some fans will revert back to uh, things are going to go very poorly the rest of the way out and we're going to be lucky to make a bowl game, et cetera. It's, it's one of the perils of of trying to build a, a program that wins consistently in terms of the way Campbell handles that. Um, it's definitely much, a much different strategy than he's had to employ. We've, we've kind of been the scrappy underdog uh, since he's been here. Uh, even though, like I said, we've gotten good players and the, the rate, you know, the recruiting rankings have gone up every year. Um, it's really about for him. Uh, he talks about his, his program in sort of three phases. So the first was, um, you know, understanding how to handle adversity and specifically, you know, losing. There's a, there's a right way to handle a three or four win season, and then, and then there's a wrong way to handle it. Uh, from there, he, he always preaches uh, learning how to win. And I think the, the, first, the first year, you know, so this would be two seasons ago, Iowa State won eight games, seven in the regular season. Uh, they actually blew a lot of games that they had really easy chances to win. And um, they definitely hadn't learned how to win. And I think they took a step in that direction last year with the way that they closed the season. So um, from there, he preaches learning how to handle success. And that's probably where they're at this season with the preseason expectations. So I think their way of doing that is uh, trying to keep their players uh, in the moment as best they can. And Campbell's always a very big uh, believer in detail orientation and every man knowing his task and sticking to it. And I think just that alone is probably a good way to keep uh, people from from thinking too much about the broad picture, though I, I'm sure they're probably aware of the expectations that have been placed on them by the media. Uh, that, that's a good answer there, Matt. That's a good job. Uh, wanted to also, we got Matt Nelson on here uh, to discuss some Iowa State football with us. Want to touch base qu- real quickly on uh, the defense. Uh, Iowa State over the last couple of years has had one of the better defenses in the Big 12. And if, if I was going to point to uh, you know, a, a specific side of the ball here that uh, has really taken Iowa State from, you know, a five to six win team uh, to to a team that, uh, you know, can challenge to win eight, nine games and and really thrust themselves uh, in uh, into the Big 12 title uh, hunt as they as they did last year. Uh, you know, if, if they beat Texas, they're they're in very good shape to get to that Big 12 championship game. Uh, but yeah, tell me a little bit about what uh, what you see from the Cyclones uh, this year, 
uh, on the defensive side under defensive coordinator uh, Johnny Heacock. Yeah, so John Heacock is, we, we call him the wizard, um, the professor, not the wizard, I guess. Uh, I, I think some people call him that, but the professor is what he likes to go by as a nickname. Um, actually, I'm kidding. I'm sure he hates being called that, but he's been around, he's been around a long time. Uh, that's where some of that comes from. Uh, well, and he has not, a famous kinship with the old uh, N1 uh, basketball player, the professor, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, I thought uh, they were related in some way. If we're being honest, uh, I myself, not myself included, but there were some Cyclone fans that were surprised he's still here at this point. Um, he's he's run very effective defenses the last two years, uh, and, and some of those are, you know, he's borrowed concepts from other teams, but we've started to notice other clubs borrowing um, concepts from this defense, even extending into the NFL, actually, I believe the New England Patriots have picked up on one specific technique with the cornerback. So it's a coup that Matt Campbell has managed to get him a raise and and keep him in Ames. Because while, while our defense has good players, I think he's certainly the key to it. Um, so, you know, I'll kind of talk through what, what, they, what they'll do stylistically. It'll be similar to the past years. So for those who maybe aren't, you know, 100% aware, they've uh, they implement a, a 3-3-5, I'll say 90% of the time. Uh, there are certain games that uh, – necessitate switching it back to a four-man front, but uh, it's pretty rare that that happens. Um, so it's, it's kind of similar to what TCU does, but a little bit different conceptually. So in reality, uh, we usually are sending four men uh, on every play. Uh, it's just the question is then who is that fourth man? Uh, with Brian Peavy, who Iowa State unfortunately lost to graduation last year, at the cornerback spot, a lot of the time it was him. Uh, oftentimes it's uh, Iowa State – has a, a great safety in Greg Eisworth, who returns for his junior season. Um, he's an all-Big 12 caliber player. I think he actually is on the all, first-team all-Big 12, um, at least for the preseason team by the media. Uh, a lot of times it's him or the linebacker. So the the thing to know about uh, Iowa State this year for defense is uh, they lost some, some solid players last year, especially at the cornerback spot. So they'll be very young there. They'll start uh, two sophomores at corner. Um but apart from that, their back end is very experienced. Uh, they've got a great linebacking core led by Mike Rose and Marcel Spears that they, ha- they actually have some really nice depth behind. And um, the defensive line is very good. Ray Lima at nose tackle is uh, not going to make an appearance in the stat sheet very often when it comes to tackles and, and sacks. But um, he is almost impossible to, uh, to move out of the way. I think he checks in at like 6'3" uh, 310 pounds. He's a very, very large man. Um, so that, that's, that's part of the reason to their, I guess I'll, and to wrap up, uh, what I look for is, is for them to continue to stop the run. Uh, I think they've got linebackers that are good at that. And then, uh, you know, a great guy up the middle who can stop the run. Um, and then their key is also going to be, um, getting pressure, uh, with, with two young cornerbacks, uh, even though, you know, the two safeties are both very good. I'm not sure how much pressure they're going to want to put on those guys, especially early on in the season. Well, yeah, they've they've really been. Uh, I, we actually just were were speaking with a, our our TCU uh, preview here just a bit ago, and really, when you think about it, um, TCU and Iowa State have been some of the better defenses here over the last couple of years, and both defenses uh, should appear to be strong this year uh, for for both those uh, respective teams. So if Iowa State is going to be a, a Big 12 uh, you know, championship game contender and Big 12 title contender, of course that defense is going to uh, 
uh, play a large part in that. Absolutely. Uh, Matt, Matt, we got three questions here. Uh, a little yep. segment we call Three and Out. Oh, uh, I like it. That's good. Here Let's before, do it. We, before we let you go, thank you again for uh, spending some time with us. Uh, we, we talked a little bit about Matt Campbell uh, entering his fourth year here at Iowa State. Of course, there was uh, – I believe he uh, had some interest from the New York Jets last year uh, to, to approach the NFL ranks. Of course, there was uh, some talk that he might be a candidate at Ohio State. So, Matt, I'm going to ask you to look into your crystal ball. And uh, how, how long do you think uh, Matt Campbell uh, will, will be the head coach at Iowa State? Man, this is a good question. I, I'm happy he didn't end up with the New York football Jets. Um, yeah, I, think, I, think, I think everyone in that situation. Matt Campbell seems like a, a good guy. I mean, that, that's, that's where coaches usually seem to go to die. Correct. Yeah, that, I wouldn't wish that upon my worst enemy when it comes to uh, that or maybe the Miami Dolphins. Fortunate enough, those teams are both in the same division with the Patriots, of course. But um, uh, so this my opinion on this will probably delight the rest of the Big 12 and maybe not my own fan base. Um, I see around two years, maybe three. And uh, I guess I'll give my reasoning for that and then the the hope for optimism if you're an Iowa State fan. Um my reasoning for that is uh, I think Matt Campbell wants to build a program and, you know, he'll be entering year four. And I just I wouldn't be surprised if in two years from now he's built the program and aims enough to where if, a, you know, the right opportunity comes calling. And I, and I, I should emphasize the right opportunity. So, as you mentioned, in a, a job like Ohio State, I think uh, Penn State, Michigan, those are all possible. He's he's an Ohio native. Uh, that's where he played college ball, um, and most of most of the guys on his staff, quite frankly, are from Ohio. So um, I think anywhere in that Big Ten region, if one of those big jobs comes open um, and he's out of good point names, I could see him making that jump. Uh, the cause for optimism is while he loves the NFL, one of his favorite things about being a coach is working with players, and I'm not sure he'd be ready to give that up at this point in his career, he seems like a, a long-term college guy who jumps to the NFL uh, at some point. And if that's the case in, in two or three years, if Iowa state is, is consistently good and their facilities are where they need to be, maybe Iowa state becomes the place where he can stay and build a, you know, a really good program over time. Uh, second question here on the three and out here, we're with Matt Nelson, uh, Brock Purdy, a, a guy who uh, stepped in last year, uh, Probably most Iowa State fans weren't uh, necessarily counting on him to uh, get the amount of action that he got last year, uh, but did a, did a very nice job filling in uh, in a pinch and, and did a really nice job for Iowa State as a, as a, as a true freshman. Uh, when his career is over, kind of project where he might end up uh, in Iowa State or I guess on the Iowa State record books and, and how he uh, could re be remembered by Iowa State. Yes, um, he was not counted on for much last year. And in fact, when he came into the game against Oklahoma State, I think a lot of people were really confused and a little upset because we th we saw that as a winnable game and, and playing a guy who'd never, you know, a true freshman seemed like a nice way to lose that road game. So, no, we weren't expecting much from him last year. Um I think he's going to have a great season. He, he seems to have all the tools. He's, he's very confident and poised in the pocket, and, and I think that'll really help him uh, knock off some records. In terms of the record book, the last year I believe he was uh, six touchdowns short of Iowa State's regular season record, and he only played in, um, 
I'm trying to go back and jog my memory. I believe he played in eight games. Um, so uh, it, it's not uh, hard to see that with a full season under his belt, he'd probably get past, I believe he'd have to get 20 touchdowns to, to break the single season record. And yeah. in terms of long, in terms of long term, if he stays for a few more seasons, uh, I think he'll absolutely challenge our pat, uh, quite a few of our passing records. Yeah, K State uh, familiar, of course, with uh, with Brock, of course, having played him last year and seen him in the Big Twelve. Uh, also recruited his uh, younger brother uh, Chuba, who we uh, ended up losing out on a on a fierce recruiting battle to Louisville uh, for him, That's but. Right. Uh, would have been a would have been a great addition for sure. Uh, seems like a great football family there. Uh, so yeah. last question for you, Matt, uh, here on our three and outs uh, before we let you go today. Uh, thank you again for the time. Is Iowa State's win total set at eight wins uh, in various uh, bookmaking shops uh, with a team that uh, won eight games last year. I almost feel like if Iowa State won eight games this year some folks in the Iowa state fan base might be a little bit disappointed by, by eight wins, but of course going eight and four, it, you know, for anyone is not necessarily a bad year. Uh, interested to hear your thoughts. Uh, if you had to place a, a bet on an Iowa state season win total, wh- uh, which side would you come on? Yeah, that's a, it's tough too, when it's set right at eight. So, you know, I would have had a different, different feelings about it if it was at eight and a half, um, or even seven and a half, but eight's, yeah. eight's a little tough. Um, you're, you're probably right. I think a lot of fans would be disappointed in an eight-win season, which is, again, shocking for us to be saying out loud. But um, some of that comes from being ahead of schedule. I, you know, nobody anticipated that year two of Matt Campbell would result in uh, eight wins. And, you know, when year three – so year three, it was the same win total, but they won one more regular season game and, and got to a really nice bowl game. So um, my gut feeling is – is nine regular season wins, but I think eight's probably pretty close. Um, it really all depends on how the middle of the Big 12 shakes out. Uh, TCU and Oklahoma State should be pretty good, but they've got question marks, especially at the quarterback position. Um, and then, uh, in my opinion, probably the the game that will determine, uh, you know, not just Iowa State's win total, but really how their season's going to go will be their second game at home against Iowa. Uh, it's a game that Matt Campbell's never won. And it doesn't mean anything in the scheme of the Big 12 race, but with the front of their schedule, if Iowa State manages to win that game, it's not, um, uh, you know, a stretch to see them at six and zero or possibly even seven and zero, as their their schedule is pretty favorable through the first half. No, absolutely, and even Iowa State gets uh, an early season buy, kind of. Uh... Maybe not exactly what you want to see, but get a nice uh, week to prepare uh, heading into that Iowa game. Uh, no doubt, always a, a tightly contested game between the Hawkeyes and Cyclones and can really serve as a, a nice springboard uh, for Iowa State if they're able to get on the right side of that one. Absolutely. Uh, Matt, thank you again uh, for taking some time to speak with us. Uh, you, we, you can find uh, Matt's work uh, along, the, along with the uh, other writers over there at Wide Right Natty Light, a uh, SB Nation blog. They do a great job covering all things Iowa State over there. Matt, thank you again for uh, taking some time to speak with us today. We'll be, yeah, we'll thanks for having me. The the, the, yeah, hopefully football gets here uh, soon. We're close. We're, we're definitely on the downhill slide. Thanks, guys. All right, Matt, take care. That was Matt Nelson of Wide Right Natty Light uh, getting us all uh, previewed there on Iowa State. Uh, let us know on... Uh, Twitter at TSSO underscore podcast. 
what do you think about maybe the Cyclones going this year? Are they uh, the third best team in the Big 12, or do you see them maybe a little bit higher, a little bit lower? And, uh, of course, uh, Farmageddon uh, as K-State uh, host Iowa State on my birthday, November 30th. Interesting uh, schedule time there. Uh, fun for me. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how Iowa State does this season, as, as we mentioned, uh, expectations uh, at, a, at a high clip. Uh, for them, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what Matt Campbell is able to do uh, this year with a little bit more of a target on their back, and uh, you know maybe K State can uh, pay the favor back to Iowa State uh, next year or this upcoming season uh, after last year's uh, disappointing uh, fourth quarter collapse as uh, Iowa State was able to knock off K State and and end a, a long losing streak to the Wildcats. So uh, that will uh, wrap up the Iowa State preview. Here on the Short Side Option Podcast, uh, we'll be back uh, with the um, Oklahoma State Podcast. Uh, we'll uh, get you squared away on on Oklahoma State, and uh, we'll have many others uh, coming out, of course, here uh, as we get closer uh, to kickoff here at the end of August. Uh, that's it for this edition of the Short Side Option Podcast. Uh, keep it tuned here uh, for more Big 12 previews.